Welcome to episode 65 of C3 Crystals, Cauldrons, and Cocktails. I am River Kane, and I'm going to talk about Sabbats and Espats, which I had promised to do. Can't get Wren to join us today. She is just swamped. It's the end of her semester. Uh, we tried recording when that tropical storm had gone through, and my internet was just not cooperating. We sounded like a bunch of robots trying to talk. So we gave up on that, and then we haven't had a chance since then until now. Um, it is the day before Thanksgiving, so I've got just a little bit of time while I'm cooking pies. So the pies are in the oven, so i got a little bit of time to talk to you all about um, witchy stuff. I do have some Thanksgiving facts for you guys this week. The Pilgrims did share a harvest celebration with the local Wampanoag Indians in 1621, but it didn't look anything like what the meals we have today are. There may have been turkey, but it was more likely that it was goose or pigeon. Uh, potatoes hadn't even been planted in America. So my favorite thing, the mashed potatoes, wasn't even a thing at the first Thanksgiving. Cranberry sauce hadn't been invented yet. So for side dishes, the pilgrims had eel and lobster. Interesting uh, choice for Thanksgiving. And while the Americans have celebrated all sorts of Thanksgivings after that, it was the government that changed the date of the holiday to the fourth Thursday in, in the month of November in 1939. FDR did that, um, moving it a week early because he thought that it would help the country get out of the Depression by promoting uh, Christmas sales. So if that's interesting, that's very interesting. Um, so those are my facts about Thanksgiving. I hope all of you all are ha are going to have a great one. I am cooking like a fiend today and very excited to go visit family. It's going to be my mom's first Thanksgiving without my dad. So that's a little stressful. Um, at any rate, our drink this week is called the Supernatural Sunset. It is coconut rum, orange liqueur, orange liqueur, which as you know, was one of my favorite mixers, a splash of pineapple juice. And a splash of grenadine. It's a it's a little bit sweet for me. I think Ren would like this one. I think I next time might take out the orange liqueur and just use the orange lacroix um, because it's a lot less sweet that way. But I'll have to try that and I'll let you all know. Okay, so what are sabots and esbats? We've talked uh, a little bit about some of these in different various episodes, but we haven't really done this deep dive that about what they actually are. So starting in December, there are eight of these Sabbath festivals that are spaced roughly six to seven weeks apart. That's what the Sabbaths are. Um, you, I'm not going to talk about them in detail, but, but because we do episodes as each one comes, we try to do an episode just as a refresher on what that Sabbath is. But the wheel has four fire festivals which are considered the major Sabbaths and four lesser Sabbaths. And this wheel is celebrates the sun's annual cycle, uh, um, I guess around the earth, but it's actually the earth cycle around the sun, but it, it celebrates the sun's annual cycle as we perceive it on earth. So Yule, Yule is celebrating the shortest day of the year and it comes on or about December 21st. This is a lesser Sabbath. 
Then you've got Embolc. Embolc celebrates the coming of spring and is celebrated on February 1st. It is a fire festival and one of the major Sabbaths. Ostara is a lesser Sabbath and it celebrates the spring equinox in the Northern Hemisphere. And it is celebrated around March 21st when the day has roughly an equal amount of sun and darkness. It represents sexual union. Beltane, uh, this is a greater Sabbath and a fire festival celebrated on May Day each year in the Northern Hemisphere. It marks the beginning of summer, the time of year when flora and fauna start to flourish, celebrate. Uh, it's celebrated by decorating houses and animals with mayflowers. You might have seen the maypole. Uh, that's a thing. Letha is midsummer. It's one of the four lesser festivals, and it's celebrated on the summer solstice, being the longest day of the year on or around June 21st. Lamas, it's one of the four greater Sabbaths, and it is the first of the year's harvest festivals. Lamas comes from the word meaning loaf mass, and it occurs at the beginning of August. And if you remember, if any of you are are hobbit nerds like I am, Lamas bread was the hobbit uh, Lord of the Rings bread that was carried with the Lord of the Rings groups uh, as nourishment. So I, I thought that was interesting, loaf mass. So uh, that was pretty cool. Maybon is the autumn equinox. And it is the second of the wheels, three harvest festivals, and it is also a lesser Sabbath. And it falls somewhere between September 21st and the 24th. It represents mystical union. And then Samhain, of course, is a greater Sabbath and fire festival. And it is celebrated on the night of October 31st uh, to the following evening. The ancient Celtic day running from sunset to sunset is how they counted a day. Samhain marks the return of winter and a thinning of the veil between this world and the next world. It is a time of chaos. And I'm thinking, guys, that I would like to do an episode on chaos magic if y'all are interested. Okay, so that is the wheel of the year. But there is also a second wheel of the year. The second wheel of the year is made up of the 13 lunar cycles that occur within a solar year, and these are called SBATs. Um, so one pronunciation might be S-bot or S-bot, but I always do the A as an A, which may not be correct for other people. But it is uh, derived from the same root as the word estrus, which is a Greek word meaning of the month for the fertile heat periods of female animals. So what is an S-bat? According to a Wiktionary, an S-bat is a Wiccan coven gathering um, one, uh, it's a Wiccan coven. Wow, I am, okay, shouldn't have been sampling these drinks. Let's start that one over. According to Wiktionary, an SBAT is a Wiccan coven gathering other than one of the Sabbaths. While a full moon ritual may be held during an SBAT, SBATs could encompass coven business meetings, social occasions, or other opportunities for merriment. In fact, the word esbat comes from the verb esbartra, which means to frolic. I thought that was great. I love that word, frolic. Makes me think of in Hocus Pocus where she's jumping up and down and I, I can just see her saying frolic, 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 frolic. Okay. 
for from one of our favorite blogs, Learn Religions. That's where we get a lot of our information from. An SBAT is a Wiccan meeting held each month at the time of the full moon. This is usually the time for initiation ceremonies or healing magic to be done, as opposed to a Sabbath, which is a holiday celebration. Adane McCoy over at the Llewellyn website, she says the full moon SBAT tends to be a ribald frenetic celebration suitable for, quote, the lunatics who were once believed to display their insanity under the light of the full moon. Did you know that the moon is moving approximately 3.8 centimeters away from our planet every year? So I guess at some point, billions of years from now, the moon won't be our moon anymore. That's interesting. New moon rituals tend to be for personal growth, healing, and the initiation of new ventures. This may also be a time to draw down the moon, which in some Wiccan ceremonies and maybe other groups as well, you draw the moon down into your high priestess um, and she speaks with the voice of the goddess, that kind of thing. I like to draw down the moon into my mirrors and use that energy for when I'm needing them and spellcasting. So the history of SBATs, I couldn't really find a definitive beginning for when SBATs were first celebrated, but since it's a celebration of the moon, I imagine these celebrations took place well, well into our past, probably to the very beginnings of humanity. Uh, it, the term was actually coined supposedly by Margaret Murray, who was a British anthropologist who wrote about medieval witchcraft as an organized pagan religion. Now, not all of us practice witchcraft as a religion, but some of us do. So an SBAT does not have to be religious. It can be for sure. So how do we celebrate an SBAT? So if you are in a coven, your coven might have meetings on the SBAT. Sometimes these are just actual meetings to discuss coven business, but sometimes there's celebrations outside of the festival celebrations of the first wheel. Just because you hear about it uh, being related to covens doesn't mean that you can't celebrate an SBAT if you're not in a coven. Uh, another thing is that SBATs are often associated with the religion, as I said before, but you don't have to be Wiccan to celebrate an SBAT. If you were going to celebrate SBATs on the full moon, there are lots of things to consider. Each full moon represents something different. So the ways to celebrate can be geared towards that month's full moon. Did you know that the most widely explanation is that the moon was created when a rock slammed into the earth? And this rock was supposedly the size of Mars, which is quite a huge rock. And then shortly after the solar system began to, to form, this was when this happened, which they think is about 4.5 billion years ago. So we've had the moon uh, for about 4.5 billion years. Now, what makes me curious is if it's moving 3.8 centimeters away from the earth every year, what? how close was it 4.5 billion years ago? I'm very curious about that. I think we've done an episode on moon magic where we talked about the phases of the moon, but I'm going to go over it again as, as it relates to an SBAT ceremony. So the January full moon is known as the wolf moon or the cold moon. And you guys, there's so many different names for the different full moons, depending on you know cultures and where in the world you are, all kinds of different things. So this is just um, what I've always associated these full moons to be. So the January full moon is a great time for connecting with your 
higher spiritual power, like reflecting inside yourself. It's the time to start thinking about the seasons ahead. Here in the America, well, in modern world, we do tend to start our new year in January, which is not how the year was necessarily looked at in the past. But for us, it is a time of beginnings in January. It's a it's a dark, cold time, which back in the past, we were inside a lot. It, we had didn't have the technology to be able to go outside and do things. So it was a time of of inner reflection because we were stuck inside all the time. So the wolf moon coming as it does in the darkest and coldest part of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, it's associated with hibernation, fire, ancestors, and family. So I, I was curious, well, what does the wolf symbolize if you don't talk about the full moon? Wolf symbolizes loyalty, fan, family, and friendship, teamwork, protection, wildness, freedom, instincts, playfulness, and other noble traits. Also, you usually associate wolves with a pack, but the lone wolf represents independence and not being afraid to break away from the status quo and be different. The colors associated with the January full moon are black, white, and silver. The gemstones are hematite. Trees are butch and ha- uh, birch and hazel. I am so sorry. I'm having lots of trouble today. Uh, the gods are Anana and Freya. Herbs could be thistle, nuts and seeds, marjoram, and the element is air. So use this time to develop your inner self and advance spiritual spiritually. Become closer to the higher aspects of your deities if you have deities. Take this time in your schedule to meditate and think about what it is you really want out of life. You know, what is this new beginning? You know, are you showing people your true self? Have you really embraced your true self? It's time to focus on energy and developing your intuition and wisdom. And it's also a good time to try a minimalist approach to life. You know, it's cold and um, white outside and stark. It might be a good thing to embrace inside as well. This may be the SBAT to go through a cleaning of your physical space, whether it's a coven space or an individual space, get rid of the clutter. This is a good time to plan out the future of your coven, the future, the year's events and activities that you want to um, enjoy this coming year. On a spiritual and emotional level, try to do the same thing. Teach your mind to let go of the things that uh, are creating excess baggage on your spirit and soul. One thing you might do is burn a white candle. White for new beginnings, important for the wolf moon. It's one of the colors of the wolf moon. Uh, You can herald in the new year and start celebrating the gradual lengthening of the days. I kind of like the idea of doing spiritual baths on the espats, especially if it's going to be a full moon espat, using herbal waters and crystals in the bath to celebrate that particular full moon. This works especially well if you're solitary. I I imagine it would be a little bit interesting if you wanted to do spiritual baths as a coven, but hey, not one to judge. February full moon. The February full moon is known as the snow moon, the hunger moon, the ice moon, and the quickening moon. This is the season of in bulk, and it's a good time to think about what you would like to achieve during these coming seasons. You know, it's starting to break out of your interior thoughts and more about exterior thoughts. 
This is the time when our ancestors began to feel that bite of winter in their bellies. Their food was dwindling. Their resources were dwindling. Um, They might stare into the fire at night, wondering if they have enough bread or grain or meat to get them through until spring. It was a scary time for our ancestors. By now, most of us are, even in today's world, are tired of being cooped up in the house. And there's a part of us that's just longing for that little bit of warmth. So the February full moon is associated with purple and blue. The gemstones are rose quartz, jasper, and amethyst. The trees are the rowan tree and myrtle. The deities are Brigid, Aphrodite, Juno, and Mars. The herbs are hyssop, sage, and myrrh. And the element is fire. And I found this possible ritual you might could do online, and I've posted the links, as I always do, um, where, where I post this on our Buzzsprout, which is what gives the sends the podcast to all of the places that you all listen to it. But this one was really cool. It says, you know, gather a blanket, a candle, or, or maybe a fire in a fireplace, a journal and something to write on, a small cup of snow, ice, or water. And you wrap yourself in that blanket by the fire or light your candle if you don't have a fireplace, or you could even do this outside on your deck in the chilly cold with the snow outside and you've got that fire in the blanket. You could also add hot water, uh, a hot water bottle, which, you know, might make you feel snuggly and cozy and get comfortable. Close your eyes, draw a circle of protection around you and, and either in your imagination, or you can actually do a circle of physical things with salt, stones, or chalk, or you can do this in your head. Um, you can use like, I have those uh, athames, the resin athames that I make. I think those are perfect for using for ritual circle casting. You could do that. Take a moment to honor and acknowledge the land that you're on and your relationship with that land. Where are you? Are you out? camping in the freezing cold? Are you out in a cabin in the freezing cold? Are you at your home? What are your ties to your home? Call in an additional and any additional forces that are helpful to you, such as spirit guides, ancestors, the elements, uh, the directions, the cardinal directions. Begin to contemplate this concept of security. You know, if if, if I were truly safe, what what could I let go? Consider whether or not you do feel safe in your current life, what you might want to need or do to feel safer. If you did let go of some of these things to help you feel safer, what what would allow you to still feel protected? Write down any of these insights that arise for you. Another way you could do this ritual during the February full moon is to do a uh, a ritual that reflects on the darkness of the season. And because we all know that without darkness, there can't be light. So think about what darkness brings to us and recognize that if you've never faced the dark, how could you possibly appreciate the light? For a coven, this might be a great time to share fears together and work to banish those fears together, make way for the hopes of the new year. Um, as a solitary witch, it might be a good time to change your altar. In fact, I think you could change your altar every month and you could do this in a coven too, to embrace that full moon and what's associated with that particular full moon of that month. The March full moon is known as the storm moon or the worm moon. This is the season of Ostara. 
celebrating the start of springtime. So March is a great time to start planting seeds, both literally and figuratively, in order to bring new things into your life. Did you know that in one acre of land, there can be more than a million earthworms? Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. The correspondences of the March full moon are green, yellow, light purple, really kind of any pastel colors. The gemstones are bloodstone and aquamarine. The trees are dogwood, honeysuckle, lilacs, and cherry blossoms, which are just beginning to bloom at this time of year. You know, you could incorporate those into your spells at this time of year. If you're casting a a March full moon spell, you could definitely use them to celebrate on your altar, you know, um, honor them on your altar. The gods you might want to work with might be Isis, the Morrigan. She's one of my favorites. Artemis. And I don't know how to pronounce this one. Kybella, I'm sorry, C-Y-B-E-L-E. The herbs are high john, pennyroyal, wood, betony, and apple blossom. The element is water, which, of course, it's the storm moon. You get lots of stormy weather at this time. Use this month for magical workings related to rebirth and regrowth. New life is beginning to bloom in this phase of the moon, as is prosperity and fertility. Here in Georgia, we are warmer than some other aspects, uh, other parts of the Northern Hemisphere. So we actually do still um, start to see signs of spring in March. I think some of the Northern places in the United States are still seeing lots and lots of snow. Um, If you do have a storm rolling through on your full moon, Place a jar or a bucket outside and gather that storm rain for use in uh, in rituals. It's a special bonus if it's collected during a lightning storm. That stuff, that water is very powerful. Place your magical tools outside for cleansing during a storm moon. You can do that with your um, crystals as well, although be careful because some crystals do not do well in water. For a coven, this full moon might be a, a great time for that spring cleaning. Discuss what things aren't working for your coven and clean those out. The same works for a soul practitioner. Clear out the clutter in your practice. This is a great time for smudging your space. So the April full moon. April, The April full moon is known as the wind moon or the pink moon. It's the season of love and conception. April is a good time to focus on romantic relationships, conceiving a child, and taking continued actions towards your goals. Do some planting magic. Plan out your garden, get your seedlings started. You can do that in your home, or if you've got a greenhouse, that's even better. Uh, Get those seedlings started. There are bright primary colors that are associated with the April full moon, red, yellow, and blue, which is funny because I consider it still a time of pastels for me. Um, You know, Easter to me is a time of pastels, and Easter is normally in April. Uh, Quartz. Selenite and angelite are gemstones. You can leave those outside on a windy day to absorb the energy of those elements. The trees are hazel, forsythia, lilac, and willow and are beginning to bud in April. And they represent the new life for the coming summer. The gods and goddesses are Ishtar, Tawaret, Venus, Herni, and Kernonos, Cernunos. All represent the greening of the earth um, and the coming of the fertility season, which is right around the corner. I associate this time with the green man myself. 
The herbs are dandelion, milkweed, dogwood, fennel, and dill, and the element is air. In North America, the herb phlox blooms everywhere. It is one of my favorite flowers, and my husband calls it a weed, but I absolutely love phlox. Um, <laughs> it is a time of place playfulness and youth for nature, and it can be for you too. Pink candles are good to use in spells for this month. For a coven, this SBAT might be a great time to connect together, refresh your connection to each other, share your inner thoughts and bond during this time. Maybe have a have a party, have a reorganization party. I mean, a re, not organization, but a re, um, where you introduce yourselves all over again. Maybe say something that you don't think anyone else knows about you. Share, share that kind of thing. For a solitary witch, think about what it is in your life that you love, not just people, although yes, of course, that too, but what is around you? What is growing inside you that you might want to nurture? If it's windy on your SBAT, maybe stand outside in the full moonlight and allow the wind to cleanse your aura. That's one of my favorite things to do. The May full moon is known as the flower moon. I love that. As spring blooms, this is a great time to look at tending to your own life, including relationships, your career, and your self-care. Take action to make sure the seeds you planted continue to grow and thrive, both inside you and the literal seeds you might have have planted. It might be time to plant those outside, depending on where you live. You know, transfer those those seeds that that have now sprouted in your greenhouse and put them into your garden. Colors like red, orange, and yellow can represent the sun as it draws nearer to the earth, warming the gardens and the soil. Gemstones such as ruby, garnet, amber, and the Apache tear are also associated with fertility and women's cycles and mysteries. Since May is often a great time of fertility, it can be used for workings and fertility magic, especially if you're trying to become pregnant, or for rituals related to reproductive health. Maybe you are pregnant and you want to make sure that you're healthy. That would be a great time for a a fertility uh, ritual. Trees such as the hawthorn and the rowan are are tied deeply to magic and witchcraft in many folklore traditions. Um, That's something to, to contemplate as you are celebrating this May full moon. Goddesses might be Kali, uh, Priapus, that Carnunus again, and Flora. They all are represented in this time of year. They're associated with the blooming gardens, the greening forest, and the crops that begin to grow in the field. Herbs like the mint family um, and spices that are considered fiery, like cinnamon, are great to use during this Beltane season. After all, it is a fire festival. The element of fire is deeply connected to Beltane. The Bale Fire or Bell Fire is a tradition that goes back a long time. And a bonfire lit at Beltane is said to bring about both protection and prosperity. It's a good time to work on magic related to careers and jobs. The Flower Moon is known to be a particularly ripe time for any kind of full moon ritual. I like the di- the idea of a May feast to celebrate the coming abundance you know, it may be something as simple as a tea party or something more festive. Not all SBATs have to be specific. Sometimes it's just enough to be present in the moment and enjoy it. I, I think that's what's super important about these SBATs is that it's a monthly celebration. And I think with the world the way it is today, we all need to take that time to 
acknowledge the celebrations and the things that we have to celebrate each month. The June full moon is known as the strawberry moon or the honeymoon. June is is the time that we celebrate the longest day of the year with Letha and the summer solstice. Spend time outside, enjoying the long days and this abundant sunshine. It's a time for bonding with friends and family and uh, forging what connections we can. Nurture those relationships. Nurture your garden. Your garden's growing. It's getting ready to be fruitful. Uh, You know, uh, nurture your career and your soul this month. Did you know that when sealed in an airtight container, honey is one of the few foods known to have an eternal shelf life? There are reports of edible honey being found in several thousand year old Egyptian tombs. Isn't that crazy? I, I love that. I love honey. Honey, I think, is a very magical ingredient. Colors associated with the June full moon, gold, yellow, orange. You can incorporate these into your magic and rituals and altar decorations. Gemstones, topaz, and agate are often associated with summer solstice. The trees, oak and maple, gods and goddesses, Isis, uh, Caridon, Juno, Persephone are all associated with uh, the month of June which means it's a great time to do moon magic, focusing on female empowerment and the sacred feminine. Herbs such as parsley, mosses, skullcap, and mugwort are in bloom. So find a way to work with those. The element is earth, and earth is tied very deeply to the month of June. The honeymoon and um, during the late summer and early fall, Honey is actually a staple crop in in many parts of the world. Honey has a number of magical properties, so why not use it in your spells this month? I love the thought of a honey party for this espat. Drink meads, have honey cakes, do this outside under the full moon. And usually it's warm enough in June that you can do this outside. You can make this an outside espat. June is also the lover's moon, by the way. So allow yourself to welcome love into your life. And if you've already got it, make sure that you appreciate it. Make sure that you pass on that appreciation to your partner. Do things that make you feel sensual and sexy and affectionate and abundant. And in addition to loving other people, allow them to love you back. Sometimes we are all guilty of not allowing ourselves to be loved, not thinking that we are worthy of being loved Take this June full moon and embrace yourself and know that you are worthy. In a coven, you might want to share with each other what your greatest passions are or share what you find special about your coven members. Um, As a solitary witch, take time to acknowledge what you love. Decorate altars with gems and herbs to celebrate that love. The July full moon. The July full moon is known as the meadow moon, blessing moon, or buck moon. July is traditionally the warmest month of the year in the Northern Hemisphere, although sometimes to me, August can be hotter. Uh, And as such, is a good time to relax, meditate, and reflect on your life. It's kind of a lazy month. Um, It is also time to think about how you can bring more positive things into your life. This moon phase takes place when we are all feeling a little bit lazy and sluggish. After all... Going outside into that heat can seem like a, a chore as the heat index climbs, you know, especially here in the South where there's that humidity too. Ugh. Physically, we're often moving a bit slower than usual in July. 
which is why this is a good time of year to focus on meditation and dream work. Colors are green, silver, and blue-gray. The gemstones are moonstone, white agate, opals, or pearls. The trees are the ash and the oak. Gods and goddesses are Juno, Venus, Caridwen, Athena, Nephthys, and Lu. Herbs are mugwort, hyssop, lemon balm, and the element is water, which makes sense because we want to be in the water in the middle of July here in the Northern Hemisphere. Do full moon water scrying this month. That's a great way to incorporate the power of the element water. As a coven, it might be fun to go swimming together at night somewhere. If you're urban, perhaps a pool at a member's home or a lake or the ocean, if you're lucky enough to live near the ocean. If you're secluded, you can do this naked. As a solitary witch, swimming alone and basking in the light of the full moon can also be rejuvenating, especially after the heat of the day. Allow the water to flow over you. Concentrate on the feel of that water on your skin as it as it flows over you. Relax into the feel of the waves if you're in the ocean. And moon bathing is just wonderful at this time of year. The August full moon. The August full moon is known as the barley moon, corn moon, or sturgeon moon. This is the first harvest is this is when the first harvest is celebrated is in August. And it's a time to celebrate all that work and toil that you put into your growth in the last few months while still planning ahead for winter. This full moon carries on the associations of grain and rebirth. This is a season of the beginning harvest. It is when corn and wheat are flourishing in the fields and will soon be threshed. If you have a garden, it's probably blooming with tomatoes and onions and herbs just waiting to be picked. Focus on this harvest aspect of the August full moon and consider what things you have in your life right now that can be gathered, collected, and stored for later. Colors associated with the corn moon include yellow, red, and orange, gemstones, tiger's eye, carnelian, garnet, or red agate. The trees are cedar and hazel. Carry a bit of cedar in your pocket when you're facing new challenges to help boost your courage and utilize hazel for magical workings related to good fortune. You can keep a hazelnut in your pocket to draw luck your way or hang a bough of hazel branches above your door. The deities, Vulcan, whose festival Vulcanalia falls on August 23rd every year, or Nemesis and Mars, the Egyptian deities like Hathor and Thoth, I don't know if that's pronounced Toth, had a strong connection to this time of year because they were closely linked to the rich, fertile soil of the land that surrounded the Nile Delta. The herbs are rosemary, rue, basil, and chamomile. These should be flourishing in your garden right now, and you can harvest and dry them for use. Some magic requires or works better with herbs picked at night, so perhaps have a garden gathering Uh, at night to gather your garden treats. You can do this with the coven or as a solitary witch. Bake some bread, ideally cornbread, but any, any grain product will do, and offer it up as a sacrifice to the spirits of your land and property. This is a great time of year to do some protection magic as you gear up for the colder half of the year. This might be the SBAT you want to have out have an out have an outdoor garden party. Fairy lights look totally magical in a lush garden. If you work with the fae, leave them offerings of corn and other treats. September full moon. The September full moon is known as the harvest moon, singing moon, or wine moon. 
It is a time of year to celebrate the balance of light and dark with the autumn equinox and Mabon. As the wheel of the year comes to an end, it is also a great time to give thanks for all the blessings in your life. I love that this one is the mine, the wine moon, the mine moon. Wow. The wine moon. That is my kind of espat. And did you know that the oldest dated winery was from 4100 BC? Fascinating stuff. The colors are browns, greens, earth tones to represent the changing colors of the fields and lands around you. The gemstones are citrine, chrysolite, peridot, bloodstone, and other reds, oranges, and yellows. And these can symbolize the colorful leaves that you see on the trees in your area. The trees are the bay, larch, hawthorn, and oak. They're all associated with this time of year. The gods are Demeter, Brigid, Freya, and Vesta, as well as any other gods of the harvest. Those are all appropriate to honor in September. You can also work with gods associated to particular vegetation and vines, like uh, Bacchus is the wine god. Herbs. Um, you can do magic involving wheat, valerian, witch hazel, skullcap, along with other sacred plants of the season. The element associated with this time of year is earth. So spend some time preparing your en environment for the upcoming chilly months. Did you know that in China... The harvest moon holds special significance. This is the season of the moon festival, which is held every year on the 15th day of the eighth lunar month. In Chinese mythology, Chang'e was married to a tyrannical king who starved his people and treated them brutally. The king was very afraid of death, so a healer gave him a potion that would allow him to leave for, live forever. Chang'e knew that for her husband to live forever would be a terrible thing, so one night while he slept... Chang'e stole the potion. The king figured out what she had done and ordered her to return it, but she immediately drank it and flew up into the sky as the moon, where she remains to this very day. In some Chinese stories, this is the perfect example of someone making a sacrifice to save others. So consider the abundance that you have in your own life in September. Start thinking about ways you can share that with others. You know, what sacrifices can you make to, to help other people? For a coven, this may be a great time to start thinking about others in your community. If you have a homeless shelter, start collecting and gathering coats and blankets and donate them in the upcoming uh, hard times. Spread the harvest that you have with the less fortunate. For a solitary witch, this may be a great espat to plan for the upcoming winter months. Kitchen witches may want to use this espat to can vegetables, make jellies and jams, um, and plan for winter by freezing meals, etc. The October full moon. The October full moon is known as the hunter's moon or blood moon. Aligning this celebration with of Samhain, October is a great time to honor loved ones who have passed on. So it's a good ancestor time. It is also a good time to do spiritual and physical house cleaning, get rid, getting rid of whatever doesn't serve you. Um, in the coming year, be that bad habits or clutter in your home. I, I like that a lot of these espats can be cleaning out the things that we don't need. I think it's very good to contemplate that every month. The colors you can use could be dark blue, black, various purples. I do often think of oranges with the black at this time of year, Halloween, Samhain. Uh, decorate your altar or do candle magic with those colors. Um, kind of symbolizes the darkening of the skies, the coming darkness of this time of year. 
Gemstones, obsidian, amethyst, and tourmaline are associated with Samhain and October. They are connected to magic that protects us from evil or negative energies. Trees and flowers, the apple and the yew. I mean, apple, this is the time of apples. Incorporate uh, sacred flowers such as marigolds, chrysanthemums, um, which come in handy when you're working with the spirit world. In some traditions, they're a centerpiece for a funeral and and decorations for uh, grave memorials because of their ties to the underworld. Gods, Hernia, Apollo, Cernonis, and Mercury are representative of the late harvest season. Herbs, use apple blossoms. They're abound. They're plenty. And and apples, Pennyroyal, the mint family, catnip, sweet Annie. Use this match in your magic this time of year. The element is air. So focus on magic related to communication, wisdom, or the powers of the mind. Air carries away your troubles, blows away strife, and carries positive thoughts to those who are far away. This is the time of year for hunting and gathering, stocking up provisions, and making plans for the coming winter. Keep in mind that this is the season when the veil between our world and the spirit world are at its thinnest. So this is a great time for spiritual growth. If there is a deceased ancestor you wish to contact, this is the month to do that. For a coven, hold a seance. If you're solitary, work on your divination. This is a great time for divination. And pay attention to messages you get in your dreams. Keep a dream journal. The November full moon. The November full moon is known as the beaver moon or the morning moon. M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, morning. This is the first full moon of the wheel of the year. And November is a great time to cultivate healthy habits and continue to let go of negative energy. The colors you might want to use would be shades like grays, dark blues, deep purples to reflect the colors of the season. Look to nature for inspiration and draw color ideas from the darkening skies and the changing landscape around you. Gemstones like lapis lazuli, turquoise, and topaz are perfect for working for this full moon. The trees are cypress, alder, and hazel, and um. You can find ways to incorporate those as well into your altars or into your spell work. Gods are Bastet, Isis, Kali, Hecate, and Astarte. They're all um, deities connected to the darker half of the year um, and the realms beyond those of the living. So work with those uh, goddesses or the goddesses of mystery and magic during November's full moon. Herbs, so as the gardens are winding down for the year, Thistle, betony, verbena, and fennel can often be found in this season, and you know, depending on where you live, so you can use those. The element of water is the one associated with the November full moon. Say goodbye to bad habits and toxic relationships and get a fresh start for the new year. Work on developing and strengthening your connection with your deities if you do that. Coming on the heels of, heels of Samhain, use this month to embrace the darkness, to mourn and to grieve. Um, allow yourself to let go. This has been a, a month of mourning for me. I'm finally coming to terms. I think my dad's passing is finally catching up to me. So this has been a very sad month for me. Um, do a house ritual uh, cleansing. Sweep away unnecessary, unwanted, or toxic things. Get rid of those toxic people. 
This is a time to do ancestor work with either covens or solitary witches. Honor your ancestors on your altar for this espat. The December full moon. The December full moon is known as the cold moon, the big winter moon, or the long night's moon. All of those make sense. It is a time to celebrate Yule or the winter solstice and the return of longer days. Spend time with family and friends and celebrate the beginning of winter. This is often a time of introspection and self-discovery as you evaluate the trials and tribulations that you endured over the past year. Uh, Self-analysis can have a definite benefit. It gives you time to reevaluate, my goodness, I should not drink while I podcast. It gives you time to reevaluate where you want to go and who you want to be in the coming 12 months. The colors are white, red, and black associated with December's full moon. Obsidian, ruby, and serpentine are the gemstones. The pine, holly, and fir are connected with winter solstice. The gods Minerva, Osiris, Athena, Persephone, and Hades are all tied to this darker half of the year. Ivy, mistletoe, holly, and berries, along with cinnamon, are the herbs. The element is often the element uh, of fire, as we are needing fire to keep us warm. Think about the things in your life that you've had to endure. Sometimes part of us must die in order to be reborn. So now is the perfect time for a spiritual alchemy. Evaluate your life and know that you're going to survive dark these dark times. As this is the month of Yule, it is also a time of giving and family. Use that theme for work as a coven or work as a solitary witch. Okay, so all of that was talking about the new, the full moon. But espats are literally the celebration of the moon. So you can celebrate any uh, phase of the moon. So an alternative approach might be to celebrate the new moon. Um, you know, some covens actually do this. Do They do meet on the new moon instead of the full moon. It's considered the beginning of the lunar cycle. So it makes sense. Um, many witches like to observe the, the moon with at least some small ritual. At, at the start of each quarter cycle also you can you can do the waxing and waning half moons as well you can you can celebrate the moon phases however you want to and make these espats as important to you as as you want new moon rituals tend to be for personal growth healing and the initiation of new new ventures um each moon phase has its own strength and you can research those to determine which one you want to celebrate most of us time don't have time to celebrate every phase, which I would love to do, honestly, but celebrate the phase that's most important to you for that particular month. I love that SBAT means to frolic. I, I'm game to frolic anytime, so I definitely want to start celebrating SBATs in my life. That's all I've got on Sabbats and SBATs. I hope you have enjoyed this episode. You can find us at www.c3witchypodcast.com. You have links there to our social media. We've got Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, Twitter. You can also get links to our merch. We have a long-sleeved option out there now. It's our Boo Bitches t-shirt, which are super comfortable. That is my favorite t-shirt. Uh, check out my store on Etsy. It is www.batsandbobblesinc.etsy.com. Lots of fun witchy things there. I add new stuff as I can. I have had a request for a glow-in-the-dark 
altar dish. So I'm going to start working on those. I just got my glow-in-the-dark resin today. If you like our podcast, please support us. Any amount helps us. A dollar a month will go a long way in helping us support this podcast. Thank you to our existing patrons. You guys, you know we love you. We couldn't do this without you. We have a new patron. I want to shout out to my me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for now. We'll be back. And until then, stay witchy.